Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. As I speak my truth, I open myself to true vulnerability. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we thought we'd go back today into the guts of some real psychic spiritual talk because we've had a few people sort of saying they want us to go there a little bit deeper so we don't mind, do we, Jane? <laughs> Never mind going deep. Going deep. So I thought I, it was actually quite timely with what's happening with me personally with my psychic career and journey and some of the pairing back that I have been doing with my own soul and self-acceptance it all seems to have come in at the same time that it makes this a very timely issue to talk about and I think there's going to be a few points that come up today which are going to help those of you who are also at different levels of your spiritual be it psychic intuitive or empathetic em- empath journeys where you do struggle with being heard being accepted being validated being respected being just trying to find that uneasy um you know, it's it. How does it work when if a lot of people around you still aren't this way? What if your husband's still not this way? What if your best friends or your mother don't think it's cool or don't believe in it? What do you do? One of the hardest things, of course, too, is to be faced with judgment. And so, as a result of none of us particularly liking being judged unfavorably, is that we therefore hold back and don't share our truth. And it's perfectly understandable. And sometimes I encourage this as a tool for survival is people are growing in their self-belief, in their way of being able to articulate their truth. That takes time. So It really does because on the one ear, for years I've had the business mentors and the business coaches and the people who know what they're doing say stuff like, have your elevator pitch, what's your mission statement for your business? And the intuitive, flowing, spiritual part of me kind of throws her hands up in the air and says, I can't force it. I don't have one. It's still unfolding. I don't operate that way. And it's kind of this counterintuitive, like this war going on in my head, like have a business strategy plan. And the other part of me is like, but I'm still, as you just said, I'm actually still like growing. I still don't know yet what I'm becoming and what I'll be. And so for me personally, and I know some of you who've listened to all the episodes of my life might have heard a bit of my story, but I was sort of psychic as a child, but not really, and I didn't really know what it was. And it wasn't until I was, you know, a pro- proper, like a real full-blown adult, you know, in my 20s, <laughs> when I did discover that I had this bizarre and amazing ability to channel, that I began to do it, obviously, first on the side, moonlighting. You know, I was still in a big corporate media industry world. And there were times when, you know, like, my phone would ring and someone, I'd be sitting at my desk, you know, trying to write an article for the newspaper by five o'clock and somebody would be like, oh, is this Rebecca? Do you do like, can you do past lives and spirit guides? And and what about, and they'd be asking me like these full-on questions and I'd literally be hiding in the pot plant on my mobile over in the corner of the building at News Limited saying, yes, I do, but can you like ring back? And it was so damaging to my business because I, I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could be who I needed to be because I was on a floor full of alcoholic full-on business suits who were just total like left brain cerebral like just old school thinkers who really represented my dad and it's that generation from the 50s from you know last century of science, science is god it's um 
Richard Dawkins, let's get into atheism, let's get into agnostic, let's get into space. We can do that kind of stuff. Science, no problems at all. Psychic, the quacks. And so this is clearly my stuff. Jane's laughing because she's not happy. She, she's she's happy to own her beliefs, and she's probably a bit further along than me. You've had more decades, maybe, of time yeah. to to really ground yourself into your belief system and be okay with it. For me, I've grown up in a world with conservative parents, nice, well-heeled, middle-class, private school educated people who all have posh jobs, whose kids became doctors, lawyers and accountants. And here's Rebecca swanning around taking money from little old ladies and talking about what fairies? I mean, really, mystic bloody dolphin? Like, it's just, you know, it's it's really hard in the world that I live in to go to a dinner party and people say, what do you do for a living? Or like the other day at the doctor's surgery, can I just say I never, ever, ever go to the doctor? This is an exception, which is a whole other podcast. But anyway, what happens? They hand me a clipboard. What does it say? Occupation. What do I do? Lie. Well, I don't lie, but I sort of what go back. Write? Writer. I just go back to my old, you know. Identity. Yeah, I just go back to my old identity. I just kind of hide behind it. So I had this. But what would have happened if you'd written psychic? Oh, this is the most scientific doctor. This is a doctor who enjoys taking blood. What would have happened? <laughs> Okay, we're going into Rebecca's therapy now. <laughs> yeah, Rebecca, you're all witness live to half an hour of therapy with Rebecca. Okay, so <clears throat> I well, I did a, I did a pen and paper. I did a two-hour exercise on this, Jane. I wrote down all the adjectives that I associate with what it means, and it's hor- horrific words. Like I feel like it's unimportant, like it's fluff, like it's um, lightweight, it's it's delusional, it's mortifying, it's embarrassing. That's now not not that when I'm in the work, of course I don't feel it's that way. I know the quality of of what spirituality can bring to people. But when I'm with the general public, and because I still am working on this vibration around accepting it, I attract all and sundry. I've had people just the other month I had a guy say to me, Oh yeah, I know how you do that. You cold read the body language, you extract stuff, and then you just feed it back to them according to bits that you've gleaned from their conversation. Right? <laughs> then I've, then I've say that. got this other dude saying to me, oh, you don't believe in that astronomy stuff, do you? And then he looks at me and he goes, you don't, do you? And I just said, no, no, I don't, because it was too hard to even begin all right, so too, so much to say on all of this. So <laughs> go, much. Go, Jane. <laughs> the first thing I would say, though, is that while you are building the strength of your story deflect. So when somebody says, what do you do for a living? You can, if you're powerful enough and feeling comfortable enough, you can say, I'm a psychic. And then they respond with, you don't believe in that bullshit, do you? You would then say, actually, I have a very long answer for that question. I'm sure you're just saying that to be polite. So you either want the real answer, and if you do, we need to sit down and have a very long conversation. Or we'll just move on and talk about something else. Deflection. You also can choose your audience. Who is it important to be authentic with and who is it not? Who is it important to be vulnerable with and who is it not? Because by speaking your truth, when it is controversial to some people, you are making yourself vulnerable and you're actually giving them a free crack at you. So you're actually handing all of your power away. Now, I'm a huge fan of of speaking your truth that you speak your truth to the people that count and the people that don't count, that are likely to disrespect you, that are reactionary, that are not particularly emotionally intelligent, they don't actually deserve your truth. 
they don't deserve to be placed in a, a position where you can share your vulnerability with them because it's not going to be matched back. It's not going to be respected. So in that point, it is, I wouldn't give them any ammunition at all. And it would literally be, actually, I don't want to talk about work. I've got a great job, happy in all my life. However, I'm out socializing now. So what do you enjoy doing for your, in your spare time? You know, you deflect and change the subject. So it's not disempowering or dishonoring or not accepting yourself to sometimes avoid that question? Yeah, it's fine to avoid. I don't think you write down writer when you're not. <laughs> oh, but I am. I know you still write. I know. But, but you see, when you're doing that, your power, your words, they all hold energy. So when you are doing that, you're actually giving more energy to your writing platform than you are to your psychic mm. platform. Yeah. And then you turn around, if you keep doing that, you turn around and go, well, where's all my clients? They've dried up. Well, that's because you've not been speaking your truth. You've been saying to the universe, I'm a writer. And I'm bringing this up for everyone today because it's fascinating how even someone like me who's so on about, you know, conscious awareness and look at your issues and deal with your issues, like this has actually been an issue that's been with me for over a decade. And do you know, isn't it amazing that I've only just realized it, even though I've it's been, incredible, it's isn't incredible. it? This happens. It's I've fascinating. I've been ducking and weaving. Like it's become autopilot for me to go into default and just keep avoiding, avoiding, avoiding uncomfortableness all the time. And I finally just had this massive aha moment the other day when I thought, I am living my life as a lie because I'm actually pretending. I'm living a half-life. I'm living a fake life. And then I was thinking, you know how all this different stuff comes into your brain? So I'm thinking of the people that annoy me the most on Twitter and Instagram. Why I'm following them, I don't know, but it's because they're holding up a mirror. So I'm thinking, all right, let's do the shadow work. Why Why is this popping into my head now? Why do these people annoy me? Because they project fake stylized lives, which bugs me. Why does that annoy me? Because I've been, I'm not being fake, but there's something about the not fully owning who I am either. That's what it is. It's not about being fake. It's about not being able to fully own who you are. Like 100%. Like I'm only about 40 to 60 on a good day because I'm... Oh, you've had a big shift in this recently because I've noticed it in your words, in your conversations. It's And for those of you who've even listened to All of Love Life, I didn't even want to talk about this at all on the show, even just spirituality. That's what I was going to say is that right back in the early days, I can remember saying something about, oh, well, you know, Beck being a psychic and you gave me a dagger look. (laughs) And I've gone, what's going on here? Because we were also at that point doing a national radio show where you were doing psychic readings. Yeah, I know. But that's right. In my head, it is so compartmentalized that I still actually believe that people that I know on Facebook don't know what I do. Like, I'm kidding myself. It's like I haven't come out of the broom closet yet. No, you haven't. So she's coming out today. And I really don't want to use half an hour to talk about myself. I'm really trying to hold this up as an example of a few things. First of all, when this was brought to my attention. The first thing I did was book my appointment with my kinesiologist and I went and I bashed out about four or five past lives, all underpinning the reason for my paralysis around being able to speak my truth, right? That is still in progress. But the second thing is, if it's hard, look, I've got an extremely unconventional career, right? So, I mean, I am for the rest of my life going to be in situations where people say, hey, what do you do? And I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to deal with it. Now, many of you yeah, are- It's not a big deal. Thanks, Jane. I'm getting there. It is the weirdest occupation you can think of other than taxidermy or bloody, I don't know, just, 
Oh, look, so I remember weird. when I used to say I was a, a choreographer that I'd get all weird things. And then when I'd say that I was a matchmaker, I'd get weird well, things. Well, matchmaker and, might be up you there. Know, it's, it, you just kind because of. Because it presses people's buttons is what it does as well. Because especially if I use. about them. It's not about me. I know that intellectually, but my body hasn't come to the party, Jane. Well, I want you to share the exercise that you did that, that where you really talk a little bit more about how you wrote down all these words of what psychic meant to you so I, and it surprised you and you came you came back to your dad well I did I wrote down all of the words people had said to me in the past when like when I'd had the really bad reactions I wrote down what their words were the adjectives that they used to describe my profession and I wrote down how it made me feel which is a crushing rejection like as in it's a real it's when someone actually disregards who you are as a soul because this is who I am this is the fabric of who I am I can't be anything other than this I am a psychic spiritual person and so when somebody especially knocks it back in your face and calls you a fake or says that it's actually not true it's almost like I don't exist yeah do you know what I'm saying yeah. and so then I sort of realized well I, I've obviously been attracting in a lot of people who are mirroring the vibration of my father who are, it's very complicated because on the one hand who obviously loves and accepts me as his daughter always but on the other hand if he does not believe which he doesn't that psychic exists what the hell does he think i've been doing for the last 10 years how does he think i've been paying my bills like taking money off people through charlatanism and snake oil merchant tree like <laughs> seriously it's kind of mind-boggling to me about how he justifies it in his okay, own head you don't need to worry about i'm that. caught up on it i know i haven't finished clearing this yet so. no because it actually is his stuff it's his actual problem that you're buying into his problem oh, look he's probably a block psychic look it's like <laughs> when people would say you know um I, I i think i've got a lot better at this over the years and now i've turned it into a bit of a joke where i will talk about the other side you know somebody will I don't know, it'll just be an everyday conversation. Tell the volleyball match the other day. No, I can't do that. Why not? Because then that's bringing her out of the closet. Don't, you're not telling who she is. Change her occupation. Oh, volleyball, there we go. No, 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 no. She's not She's not a volleyball. Jane, I'll tell a story and I'll change the details. Jane was just almost like muttering under a breath, a breath a bit like a witch about somebody's energy and picking up some stuff. And the person next to her wanted to know what she was going on about. And you were faced with a moment of having to say, I'm actually... Having a chat with the other side. You were actually channeling is what you were doing. Yeah, Yeah, I did say that. That's one of those moments where a complete stranger is either going to roll their eyes at you, turn their back to you and make you feel like shit, to be honest. Okay, but I've got a standard party line for that. If they roll their eyes and turn around and go, are you serious? What do you say? Absolutely. I go, you know what? It's an amazing gift that I've got and I absolutely love it, but I'm not projecting my beliefs on you it is just something that I find really works well for me having said that and then I turn it into a bit of a joke you know you're going to be really happy one day when we catch up on the other side and you realize that it's all true because it's pretty oh, cool Shay, but the, isn't that like they like laugh a- they always 100% laugh when I when somebody says you know oh, I don't believe in all that reincarnation crap and I say, oh, we have so many lives that's not funny. We never die. We just step into another room. And they go, oh, I don't believe in any of that rubbish. You're here once and that's it and then you're dust in the ground. And I say, you know what? I absolutely respect that that's your opinion and that that works for you for how you run your life and you run this life as though there is no tomorrow and that's amazing. But you're going to be really happy when I see you on the other side and you realise that actually you get to do this as many times as you want <laughs> because they all laugh at that because the reality is my story is a happier story than their story. Interesting. So I hold the key. 
because they the all power. want to believe in my story. That is, I'm not projecting it. I have really firm boundaries now yep. that if somebody says I'm an atheist, I'm an agnostic, I'm a whatever, I love that as long as it's working for them. Mm. I love it because it is working for them. Mm. That's what they've chosen in this lifetime and they're going to get their lessons as a result of that belief. Yeah. So it, it is perfect and I have no desire to convince them. Mm. Do you know, it's it's interesting, like we're obviously doing this through a spiritual point of view, but I'm thinking of a couple of examples in my head of just the last two weeks where people have told me about how terrified they were to make a really drastically different career choice because, you know, mum and dad were academics or they were psychologists or they were doctors or lawyers or whatever and they went through uni and followed in the footsteps and then they wanted to like stop and like go be a writer or like, you know, do something like that. And actually there was another story um, where the, the former editor of Penthouse magazine in the days before internet whenever he'd meet people and they'd say, what do you do for a living, Bob, or whatever his name was, he'd say, oh, look, mate, I'm a plumber. He'd say I'm a plumber until one day he actually met a plumber and he got caught in a sticky situation <laughs> and he, he just had to like bluff his way through that conversation. <laughs> so there's there's plenty of people out there who either it's either that they, they can't fully accept what they do or for particular reasons feel the need to hide it because maybe with regards to, say, the penthouse editor or maybe with regards to a high-profile psychic or astrologer, they'll get pestered every time they go to the supermarket. People will stop them and say, oh, there's this boy I love and he's a Virgo and I'm a whatever and is that going to work? Well, and isn't that boundaries? Boundaries. isn't? I mean, I get that non-stop about relationships. Because you're a matchmaker. I, well, it's, it's, a, it's more about the relationship stuff. And the it's, can you tell me what I'm, I'm doing wrong or what, who do you think is right for me or whatever? And it's like, you know what, would love to be able to help you, but I'm actually on my free time now. This is my downtime. Yeah. However, here's my website. Go check it out. Yeah. Deflect, deflect, deflect. It's a big thing for psychics too, because people th- and see, even me with my with my beautiful girlfriends, who any night of the week, week my phone is ringing like a bloody one three hundred hotline because my girlfriends are like, I've got, I've talked to this guy on Tinder and this has happened and he said this. What do you think? Tune in for me. What do you get? What do you get? You know, and it's like, guys, like I'm at home, I'm drinking a cup of tea, I'm trying to watch Arrow, like. <laughs> That is about your boundaries, though, because I I went through where my phone was ringing nonstop, and it was about I it was my duty it was my duty to help them. Hard when it's a girlfriend, a really dear girlfriend. Yeah, it is. But you can also educate them about the future. So you help them in this moment, and then you educate them by saying, "Look, you can tell a little story and just say." I don't know what to do. I'm getting absolutely inundated with, with friends ringing me and asking for help. What do you think is the best way for me to be able to – what's the best way, do you think, that I can help them but have my own time as being so my own clever. time? So you get them to actually answer yeah. the question. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of whoever's got the problem, you actually get them to solve it. I can't believe you've never mentioned this in 80-whatever episodes. That's the best advice I've ever heard. <laughs> That's that. I'm walking away now. I've got what I need. Goodbye. Thank you. Time's up. <laughs> See you later. That's genius. That's like reverse psychology, but so brilliantly effective. Yeah. Have I cut? Oh, oh, okay. Or maybe it's one of those things you've set up, but I didn't hear it till I was ready to listen because I just got it. Actually, no, I don't think I have set it on these podcasts. I hope everyone wrote that one down. No. That was epic. Okay. Well, let's look at some of our listeners' examples because one of the things too that I found really hard in my own marriage was that I, and I have always been, I'm not going to say spiritual, I'd say I, I was religious. I was always looking for a path to something greater than me. And for everyone, that journey is unique. It's different for every single person. But it came to a particular point in my life where I actually knew 
this was how I was going to conduct my life. This was, I was running my life from my belief system of the other side. And I knew that I was going to really be doing a lot of teachings with my children around this and that my husband had to be on board. Now he wasn't spiritual. And so I started sharing the books that I'd read, the, the, the oh, it wasn't podcasts in those days, books I'd read, articles I'd read, conversations I'd had, seminars I'd gone to, whatever. And I didn't really know whether, like he wasn't, he wasn't really getting it. And I'm not sure at what point he turned around. I'd have to ask him that one day. But at some point, he started using my language himself. And when that happened, I realized we were okay. We're both on the same page now. And he had started his spiritual journey. But you're very lucky in that regard. And I am very lucky. So one, I think this would be a really common situation for many of our listeners. And I think this is about really understanding that your journey really is unique to you and it does not have to be co with anybody else. Right. The challenges are in the raising of the children, but you do it with the, like we talked about this in the, was it religion? Yeah, the religion battle. A religion battle where it is about the lessons that you, the wisdom, the beautiful wisdom that can be broken down into everyday contemporary English and understood so that you can be on the same page, but then how you, how you ceremonial or ritual or language it is unique to you and that's okay. Yeah. But that, that I imagine a lot of people would be having these battles of how do I share with my partner? How do I share with my parents? How do I share with my adult children? How do I share with my best friends that this is something that's important in my life now? Look, I was running a women's group here for ages and one of the topics we used to discuss a lot was this kind of topic, like how how do you be who you are in your everyday life? Because a lot of these women would kind of come out of their corporate jobs or they'd, like, they'd lie to their husbands and say, I'm just going to a friend's house and they duck out and come to this meeting. And we'd talk about what do you do if your own husband doesn't accept what you do? What do you do if your family doesn't accept okay. your belief system? Well, you look at the fear of what's going on for the other person. Now, the other the fear from the other person is that you're going to radically change. My husband seriously thought I was going to be door-knocking with Bibles. I'm not joking. I'm laughing now. Is that when you went he, to the Baptist church? I uh, went to the Anglican, Anglican church. church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and he really honestly thought I was going to do that. So you have to alleviate their fears of I am still me, but I'm operating from a different belief system. Mm. And I'm going to be very consciously aware of not projecting this. Yeah. And that's it. It's the lesson of projection. Now, how do you get that lesson? Hopefully just by hearing these words and being consciously aware, you can get it. But most of us get the lesson because we actually do become a projector of our belief system and we start wanting to convince everybody else. Can and I, that's the problem. Do you know what I find so fascinating is if you look at the world, it's got, what, a million and a half different, completely different religions and belief systems. And even though we're always killing each other over our religions, at the same time we kind of accept it. Like if you're a raging Catholic and a Sikh comes in with a turban on his head, um, you don't necessarily believe it or whatever his religion but in a funny way you kind of accept it because there's a million other Sikhs in India who all believe in Sikhism or whatever it's called right and in the same way we don't really diss the Pope who's you know he's a man with a very intricate slightly bizarre belief system wearing some weird costumery in a bit of a funny palace living a very odd life and yet he gets heaps less everyday normal flack than I do for saying at a dinner party that I've got a slightly cosmic belief system you know what I mean? It's like it's about acceptance. Religion is 
weirdly so accepted and not questioned and challenged. I mean, there's lots of people who are like, oh, we don't believe in that stuff, but they don't, they're not as scathingly personally rude as they are to me when I admit my personal belief system of, which is, which is, I guess, undefinable. You can't label it. It's not in a box. It's not, you know, it's something that I've kind of really organically come to just through my own experience exploring of my own mind and meditation and of the universe and I guess that's also what freaks people out isn't it yes it is it's also though about how you allow people to treat you so when somebody if I said you know oh actually I'm a highly sensitive person and someone says oh you really why don't you just take a bucket of cement and harden up then how do I react to that 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 can hurt you know like you know you're one of those crybabies or whatever it is. There can be all sorts of slanderous things said around being a sensitive person. Um, I can then choose to go into battle with them because they've stung me, mm. but probably because I've had it happen so lo- so often, it doesn't sting me any longer. But I'm also more knowledgeable now and I've got the vocabulary to use. And now that you own it, you wouldn't even be attracting it in anymore. See, that's No, I don't. Thing. Actually, what I do is attracting people that when they when I start to educate them on it, they go quiet and go, oh, Actually, that was me, and they are in denial, like, and they don't like it, and yeah, all of dots. that. But but what what I was getting at is that then I would I've got a choice of how I react to that person, and if I'm sitting at a dinner party, and everybody's there, and I want to have good manners, and I don't want to cause a scene, and somebody just says, "Oh, you need to just take a bucket of cement and harden it up," then I can just smile and go, "Oh no, I did that," and that's it, done, over with, power gone. Yeah. You know, I have taken a bucket of cement. Mm. My bucket of cement was I actually worked through how to manage my trait with um, with various different tools, and that is my bucket of cement, which yeah. actually is beautiful liquid gold. Right. <laughs> and I think that the base kind of the baseline here for, for today's topic, it's about accepting yourself, obviously, and I know this, and it's about being who you are however that presents. And we've done you know, podcast shows on transsexuals, transgenders. People are born in this lifetime deformed. You know, people are born in this lifetime with with enormous birth red wine stain, what is it called, with scar marks on their faces. People are born with handicaps. People are born with on the spectrum, with lisps, with all kinds of things that present. And at the end of the day, we're always going to attract criticism or insults or rejections exactly. or judgments everybody has something we did a whole podcast on this and even on if, the minority that every one of us is a minority that's right. so it is even if you're owning your story prettiest girl in school and and everything on paper in your life looks good you're still going to have some insecurities absolutely and because you've got those insecurities people are going to attract in on that little weakness in your that little hole in your aura that on that wavelength and they will keep coming at you until you have strengthened up that hole in the armor and put the shield up and gotten the lesson for yourself exactly you'll know you've got it when they stop coming that's right exactly so you've got to own your own story you've got to be comfortable with it you've got to watch that you're not projecting your belief system onto another person you have to have empathy and compassion for what is their fear and alleviate that with an honest conversation that says what is it that you're concerned about? Oh, I'm concerned that you're going to be running around town and, and everywhere we go, all of our friends are going to think that you're a weirdo. No, I'm not going to be doing that. No, I don't do that. I don't project on other people. I'm still me just sharing with you that this is what I do. The other problem, though, Jane, is that a lot of people, you know, often from Eastern European cultures and some cultures have a lot of fear around the superstition, the evil eye, curses, 
all those folkloric type beliefs from the old world and stuff. And and oh, that, that I had that happen to me. I remember going to a um, a group of, of girls were getting together and I took my angel cards when I first started playing with angel cards. And there was a lady there who was very strong Lutheran who said, I'm going straight to hell. And she was ringing me up when I got home to say that she needed to save my soul and that she'd spoken to her, is it a priest? I'm not sure what they're, they're reverend, I think, yes. And that uh, she'd spoken to him and he was willing to help me. And it was, you know, you get all sorts of reactions. But this is part of the journey of, of being challenged in what you believe so that you have the opportunity of continue to question it until you get to a point of true belief. And it doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Pretty amazing stuff. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Wellness Couch. Uh, you can find us both individually for counselling, for psychic readings, for life coaching, <laughs> for love coaching, for whatever you need with your emotional blocks and to really accelerate and fast forward your life into your true purpose. So I'm at RebeccaDetman.com. I'm JaneDonovan.com.au. For both of us, please drop your email onto our Facebook page where we've got the newsletter subscriber list now. We're gathering up our tribe so we can bombard you with goodies. And that is facebook.com forward slash love life show. We're in the top 10 pretty much all oh, every week on iTunes. Yes. Under, thank you for listening. Under wellness on iTunes. You'll find us. We're on thewellnesscouch.com for free half an hour every Wednesday. And until this time next week, Jane's going to read our affirmation. As I speak my truth, I open myself to true vulnerability. Have a beautiful week. Accept, own, and love yourself. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.